Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about consciousness, more, most specifically the subconscious mind. So one way to look at this, uh, Freud labeled all the stuff that was uh, off the conscious mind radar as the unconscious, but what I would like to do for, uh, for tonight is think of the unconscious mind as being this pool that blends with all consciousness. And then we have the subconscious mind, which is like our software. Uh, it's the place that gets programmed uh, by your beliefs and by your um, experiences. And it just registers everything. It's like a tape recorder and a movie camera. It, it records everything. And then the conscious mind will tap into that reservoir uh, of information. And it's not just filled with your deep, dark, subconscious urgings like, like Freud may have put forth at one point. Um, but we utilize all that subconscious information all the time through our dreams and through uh, many other different ways. And I also believe that our unconscious mind uses the information in our subconscious mind to um, come through circumstances in our life to talk to us as well. Well, there's a, this is an enormous field to talk about. It the, is. The subconscious mind, and if we can do this in one show, we're doing well. So I would like to uh, get us to the point that we can uh, begin to be far more in command of the reality we're creating, consciously in command, Right now, there is no question that you are in command of uh, your reality. Uh, simply everything that happens in your life is your idea. Uh, this is referred to as free will. You can argue all you want, but do it elsewhere. And uh, another uh, concept to get a hold of is that anything that happens in your life is going to be on your side. It may take some people simply 15 years to recognize how on your side that was, but it's going to be recognized. The distance between the event and you're recognizing it as something that helped you has to do with the words you think in. Uh, we could say that has to do with time, but it has a lot more to do with the way you think than the amount of time you've spent uh, in, in this process. So <clears throat> the subconscious mind in league with the ego, and that could be a whole show, really, just the ego end of it, but between the subconscious mind and the ego and the fact that we exist in what I would call an unconscious society. In other words, we're not very aware of anything other than ourselves and we're certainly not aware of other people. Uh, uh, we are not aware of uh, the consciousness that animals hold. We're not aware that uh, I've found people that don't understand that the earth is a living being and, and that's, you know, how can you not know that? Have you seen the earth? Have you looked at it? How can that not be a lot? All right, I'm back. But this entire concept. So when someone is acting, first of all, I feel that unconsciousness is like a virus that's highly contagious. So if someone is unconscious and they speed by us at 183 miles an hour, you, you, you immediately become unconscious because, why is that? Because I, I have to be upset about that person being unconscious. Oh, so you're saying that if they're unconscious, they're contagious and they've made you unconscious. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
well, how and what can I, what, what is a, re how does that, okay, the person being unconscious, when you retrain your mind, you've heard of this, right? Retraining your mind, you've heard of that, yes? We do it all the time. Uh, get a new uh, electronic device and you retrain your mind, you do. Get anything new that comes into your life and you retrain yourself to it, unless you don't. But we can retrain ourselves not to become unconscious because they're unconscious. Say that, would you? I can retrain myself not to become unconscious because I'm looking at someone that's unconscious. It is possible no, that, to do this. That is this. And, and, a very good point. Yeah, and and so this process of doing that is um, um, the unconscious mind is uh, subconscious mind. As far as I understand the basic parameters of the subconscious mind. It is in charge of, and I don't know where this idea came from, but it is in charge of keeping everything normal in your life. Yeah, we used okay. to teach that consciously creating your life. Right, okay, well then that's where it came from. And <clears throat> since that is the job of the unconscious mind to keep everything normal, what is interesting to me is that the subconscious is riddled, <clears throat> riddled with um, traumas. Uh, and so some time ago, uh, I stumbled upon a childhood memory. And in finding this childhood memory, I caught on that that was where I was programmed. And then I, um, tra and the brain was just doing this while I was watching, it was in very deep meditation. From the original trauma, I noticed that there was a behaviorism a few years later that was directly the trauma acting itself out and then again, and then again, and then again, and then again. And I thought, well, really, that's quite boring. Uh, let me go back to the original, oh, I found the original trauma. Yep, that's the one, okay. How do you get rid of the trauma? What do you do about that? So what you can do, one of the many things you can do, uh, is to say that which does not serve me, I recognize, I delete, pardon me, I discard, uh, but what you must do with this trauma, ultimately, is to love it. Because if you don't love it, you give it license to reappear. Okay, and if you don't love it, it's guaranteed to reappear. Okay, so I love whatever that trauma was, because um, 47 years later, I woke up. And I love it for that, and I don't care about the 47 years. So, yeah, uh, go ahead. I was just going to comment on that. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, well, if you're not finished, please just finish. I, um, okay, so the subconscious mind, its job is to keep everything normal and it's made out of traumas. Okay, that doesn't serve us very well because then what's normal is the next trauma in line and the thing is so densely packed with traumas. Okay, so the technique by which you can uh, begin to cleanse the subconscious from this um, um, density of, of traumas is to do something bold like map your, map your childhood based on traumas, which was a few meditations later I had started to come to the conclusion that if I map my childhood from traumas I can get a handle on, um, and, and I'm not at all done let me tell you, uh, I can get a handle on what's going on in me and I can better cleanse the um, cleanse this process which is creating my reality for me. So then that gave way to notice that new traumas are forever attempting to install themselves in me 
and then I'd have to talk about guilt as being anger that you don't feel you have the right to have. So if so, a new trauma installing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say this is all extremely valuable stuff. So let's uh, maybe take our time and expand and um, add to some of this stuff. Yeah. I, it's, it's worth not glossing over. Um, first of all, one thing I would like to put forth uh, about the subconscious mind, I don't personally see it as a reservoir of traumas, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, after a time, it does look like, like that. But actually, it's a neutral ground that is filled with experiences. So it's a much, in my view, a healthier way of looking at it. Number one, looking at it that way, you're not going to resist it because it's not scary. You're not going to think it's a trauma. So if you look at it as your software, your autopilot, which is basically what it is, and it's there to serve you, it loves you unconditionally, it's actually an extremely neutral thing. So if we are learning to drive a car, we go through the steps. Remember when you first drove a car and you had to remember the rear view mirror, the side view mirror, turn signals, oh my gosh. It's quite, it's quite a lot to take in all at one time. Well, the subconscious mind is such a great tool of ours. It can memorize all things that are repetitive so that we can learn new things. Well, I tell kids that come to see me that our subconscious mind, um, that we have a superpower and it's called our subconscious mind and we can program it with anything. It will do, it will do your homework for you. It will do the dishes for you. All you have to do is accept it enough to make it a habit. It will come in and you won't be even present. Your mind will be off doing other things during this. So your subconscious mind is your autopilot. The only time that it's really an issue is if it's programmed with information that doesn't serve you or that is in, out of resonance with the rest of your life um, and the things that you choose for your life. So there are a lot of things you can do to reprogram the subconscious mind. Hypnosis, self-hypnosis, affirmations are a big one. That's one of the techniques we used in consciously creating your life, which we helped many hundreds of people over the years, maybe thousands, to wipe out those old commands. And what you're doing is saying, thank you, dear subconscious mind, who holds these programs that enables me to pick up this deck of cards and do whatever, and I don't have to think about it again because I've done it enough times that it memorized it. If you're in a, a, a unhealthy household, your subconscious mind is gonna memorize all that and, and it's going to keep it normal. It's going to duplicate that. You're gonna grow up, if you grew up in an alcoholic household, it's normal, so you're gonna recreate that. The great thing is, is there are so many different ways you can go into the subconscious mind, into the um, network room, and go in there and modify these commands. And step number one is to know it's not an enemy lurking in there trying to subdue you, and it's not old traumas that want to see you still suffer. It's merely a programming that you can change at any time. Yeah. Um, I, I, have have a construct to put together about that, but I um, well, just say your, think say I, how you I feel. brought a um, poem uh, in a book called Cemetery Nights by uh, Stephen Dobbins, and it uh, sums up a great deal to me as far as um, uh, the fact that we are living in an unconscious, unaware society that doesn't clean up after itself or know any better that <laughs> 
doesn't clean up after itself. We elect um, unbelievably unconscious leaders, and there's a time for this to come to, I mean, out of it leaders they, they, that are just money. I mean, the uh, AMA, all the rest of this stuff, it could come to an end. And I really do feel that uh, our becoming conscious is the way for that to come to an end. Okay, so Stephen Dobbins, and he says, he wrote a brilliant poem. Each thing that I do, I rush through so that I can do something else. In such a way do the days pass, a blend of stock car races and the never-ending building of a goth cathedral. Through the windows of my speeding car, I see all that I love falling away, books unread, jokes untold, landscapes unvisited. This man, Stephen Dobbins, is describing perfectly consciousness caught in an unconscious life. And what we do on this show is to do away with this stuff. It is no longer necessary to live an unconscious life where you feel that you are doomed to whatever that is, the, this unending um, nonsense, this parade of um, uh, unawareness that goes on around us. At the beginning of the show, I was talking about just how un contagious unconsciousness is. Somebody does something unconscious and you get upset and when you're upset you become unconscious so you have been infected by whatever that is, it doesn't matter whatever it is, someone littering, okay, you've been infected by it and now you're upset and you're unconscious. Whereas if you were conscious it would be entertainment. You would just go, oh, he littered. I'll just go put that, I don't, they can see me do it and then they can figure it out for themselves. But I'll just pick it up and, and put it in the proper receptacle for it. We don't have to lose our minds. You know, the, the meme of the Joker, um, you know, such and such and everybody loses their minds. Um, it's been popular on Reddit, which is an interesting way to spend a lifetime on Reddit, I mean. But, um, so we have this unconscious versus subconscious because it's in my association with it, the subconscious, see, you won't be upset about anything anyone does unless there's an unconscious program to put your lights out and get you involved in that fight. You know, the other name for this is war. There's a whole lot of that. So the not putting your lights out is what I want to do for us so that if you see something that gets your goat, let him have the goat. Here, have a goat. Thank you. I, I've got lots of goats. Well, that Again, is a, a good, meme. That is a good thing to yeah. do. I, so. I just would like to explain something. Sure. Uh, because it seems um, a little contradictory because I was explaining I the mass, like your, your unconscious mind. What you're talking about is the state of unconsciousness, not being yes. aware of something. Right. So I just w would like to clarify that. And I agree completely. I agree completely because when we are unaware, we are just, um, something else I'd like to say about the subconscious mind before yeah. we get too far sure. away from the subconscious mind, is that another thing is um, subconscious mind is typically described as not being focally aware, like the part of us that's not aware of what we're focusing on here. Um, it is only just a, a pile or a, a conglomerate of experiences and beliefs extracted from those experiences. But when you become conscious, and again, we're talking about a state of consciousness, not conscious, 
what we're talking about, the human conscious and unconscious. We're talking about the state of unconscious and conscious now, yeah. which can be a little confusing. But when you're conscious, you can start, and especially as you start your healing, you can become aware of the subconscious mind and how it works and, and be a conscious participant in that. So you're no longer hidden behind another wall um, and having to go through your dreams and reach in there to look at your subconscious programming. After a while in your healing, you just recognize this as you go along. And you were talking earlier about mapping your life and traumas. We did a workshop a number of years back called uh, Joy Mapping, where we mapped our life in beautiful things too, you know, like joy moments. And it was really profound. So there are a lot of maps in that way. So now, with that explained, you're, you're talking about us becoming unconscious and that it is contagious. Yeah. And I have been really aware of that lately myself. Yeah. And I see where things, where people start having their own programs take over and they get violently upset about something. And you can just see it so clearly that has nothing to do with you. Uh, uh, yeah. Like if you say, I'm moving this over here. Oh my God. Uh, and somebody, you Loses know, their ah, mind. why are you doing that? And yeah. it's really easy to separate yourself when you just focus on not getting caught up in that contagion. Well, the reason, in my opinion, that you don't separate yourself from it to begin with is that whatever that tweak was, it hit uh, something that is in your subconscious exactly. mind. Exactly, a right. trigger. So then the idea would be to cleanse the subconscious mind to the point that you are not triggered by Roy Rogers' horse, for those of us who are that old, or, or uh, the, uh, the favorite thing of the uh, NRA. Okay, none of the, the trigger. None of the trigger does not occur because there, you, you can pull on it, but nothing, nothing gets released. So well, EFT, if we call it the, the, zzz, the okay. thing. Um, and you're right, that just by becoming aware of it, you can start to see what is in your own programming too. And of course, yes. the cleansing of it. Okay, so I found my own way into this. When I noticed a childhood trauma had acted out every few years in my life, Mm -hmm. and to just be in front of me about it, it acted out that very day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you go, how, someone call in, how do you cleanse a program out of your mind? How do you do it? Any way that you want to talk about it, please call in and tell us how it is you would cleanse some trigger. Because I've said it several times, we've done it for years. How do you do this? How do you cleanse something out of your mind to keep yourself from overreacting to what is something that is, we're not disagreeing right or wrong. I'm just saying that if someone um, pitches a, um, a soda out of a car <laughs> on your windshield at 70 miles an hour and then you, you turn on the wipers and then you race ahead in traffic and you get in front of that guy and then you throw, like a chimpanzee, you throw some feces out of your window at him because this is what we call conscious, okay? But you don't have to, none of that. How do you cleanse an unconscious mind, subconscious mind? How do you do that? Please call in. Well, or there are call a lot of ways, of course, like and, and feel free to call in, but we're going to continue the conversation yeah, until yeah. someone calls in. Um, first of all, I think it is good to look at it as programming rather than dirt, because we will resist what we hate, you know, that kind of thing. So we must love what it is. But oh, looking at it as events. and. 
yeah. we did a class consciously creating your life as I mentioned for a number of years if anybody out there um, has gone through that with us um, call in and, and please share your experiences but one of the things that came to me which I think is like what you were talking about and you shared it last week on the show about exactly that trauma what? that you saw reenacting I don't yeah, remember yeah. what it is but oh, where I, lo I lost the ability to be weightless yeah the, yeah. the weightless and I, 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 I don't know if I uh, shared this as well, but um, during the breath exercises and stuff in that class, this was a, a while ago, um, and I took rebirthing back in the early 80s or mid 80s. I think it probably was like 84 or something, whenever it came out. And I had a lot of old memories come up, and so I had these uh, techniques to go back and find these programs that came. And I realized uh, in one of the um, exercises that I saw my mother's dishes that she was always trying to get us not to break when we were growing up and the, the memory was broken. only like after she had passed and I was helping my dad clear out her her things mm. and I saw those dishes sitting dusty up on a shelf and I thought what does that mean and then I realized the connection made that what got programmed as a child was if you really love something put it up on a shelf and don't use it because it might get destroyed or it might get broken. And so I realized if there was something I really, really loved a lot, I would buy two of them if it was something feasible to do with, you know, do that with. And then I would use one so it could be, you know, have the risk of being broken and I would keep the other. And all I had to do was remember that. And I didn't even have to do days and days of affirmation. So you're talking about how to clear. Um, that is if you just see the connection that I got that belief through that I was able to let it go immediately. This is, reminded me of Monk the detective uh, who the show Monk yes, uh, Shalob yes. is a brilliant actor um, he would always have a backup 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 for everything he would have three umbrellas okay he would have he had like 50 gallons of water in the house at all times in case the plumbing went out. He must have had some experience like that in his childhood as uh, being that bright. You know he's a bright. fictional character, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> being that bright and in a school of people that aren't that bright, you tend to be targeted. So he would have far more traumas than the average person. And then Monk's backstory, he had... Uh, I think some woman, that, a girl that he was sweet on, and that's the technical term, had been accused of stealing uh, money somehow, and it, it set him off, and he figured out exactly what had really happened from this series of clues, and then got uh, her reputation cleansed uh, by virtue. So there's, um, yeah, I agree, the, the whatever it is you call it, but our training is perfect for us. It always will have been 100% of everything that happens in your life is on your side. It's a matter of how long it is till you recognize it. So when I saw whatever childhood that trauma that was that kept repeating itself, someone called in. So, um, hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, good evening. Menevel uh, and Mary. Hi. Hi. Raymond. Thank you, it's a great show you're doing. Oh, um, and thank I, you very I'm much. interested on in your consciousness comment. I have two quick things I thought I'd like to get, I'd like to share with you and ask your uh, feedback on. And the first one was one of the reasons why uh, it like an example Neville gave where somebody throws the soda out and somebody retaliates. I think 
It's because that's biologically hardwired. Like oh, yeah. way back in the cold, uh, way back in the caveman days, the ones that won that contest got to survive and reproduce. So there's a little bit of that biology that we have to overcome that's uh, right into us as an explanation as to why that triggers so quickly, amongst other explanations. But the second thing I want to ask is, let's say in an example, say somebody cuts you off and you can tell that they deliberately did it on the road. That's a perfect example. I'm sure everybody's been to that at least once. And um, you feel an urge to want to catch up to them and let them know not to do that because um, sometimes we're programmed to believe that's carrying out justice in this world. It'll be Ooh. a better world if we reprimand others for misbehaving to that degree. And if we don't, they're going to go and do it to somebody else. The next time they'll think twice. <laughs> and I think my question to you is, how do we get past that programming? Because all that does is lead to escalation. I've got that one. If um, in the um, protocols books, I'm talking about the idea of uh, outgrowing a lot of different things. Uh, there's the um, um, proto proto <coughs> protocol, yes, which is a trinity, and the trinity is the idea of understanding uh, the word justice which is spelled just ice, sort of <coughs> freezes things down. So um, we all came here to have experiences, okay? This is true. And um, any experience you have is going to assist you to evolve. That means, therefore, that there's no such thing as a bad experience because it'll help you evolve, and there's no such thing as a good experience because it'll help you evolve. There is just experience, except it's misspelled as just ice, justice. So if you, um, let's paint the picture of a, a human being who has figured out that everything is on their side, okay? And uh, then someone parks diagonally in a, a, during rush hour uh, in a busy intersection, and now there's literally miles of uh, cars backed up. And the person who has realized that it's just an experience, it's neither good nor bad, it's just an experience, and it would be designed for me to grow from, that person would subconsciously, if it was cleansed enough, but let's say unconsciously, just makes a right and avoids the, uh, and then a left, and av avoids the intersection. And so never has the experience of being stuck in the traffic jam in that way. And so then I'd like to draw your attention back to the traffic jam, and that traffic jam is held in place, held magnetically in place by a single word in English. You ready for the word? The word is idiot. All of those people are going, that idiot, okay? And they are all unconscious. And if anybody was paying the least bit of attention, if the car was totally disabled, eight really strong guys could get out of their car, lift the car, take it over there, and put it down, and traffic would resume. But you're too busy being unconscious. You're too busy locked into that um, revenge. There's an advanced way of thinking. Revenge always helps. When I came back from being shot to death, I, the revenge, I don't know if it ever was in my way of thinking. I don't want to get even because it just makes it worse. You know, a single word will make it worse. You just don't do that. You just have to well, grow past it. I, I would like to just sure, contribute please. something before yes. you go off on um, a different topic there. Um, that part of the thing that comes from this kind of thing that Raymond's talking about mm -hmm. 
uh, which I I know I was um, I studied this um, you know in my own so it was meaning it's meaningful to me and about seven nine years ago I created these cards called get out of conflict oh, free yeah. cards and it was all designed because I used to believe there was only two choices either walk away and be the person that's um, like the like the guy that oh I've been bullied with my tail between my legs and then beat myself up later for not changing the world not doing this uh, not standing up for myself or getting into an altercation which involves becoming unconscious and getting involved in something that doesn't belong to you because somebody else is triggering a fear of uh, whatever may happen you know like whatever has happened in your life um, so I realized that there's a third choice and I would put an emphasis on the word choice. We think that these biological urges, we have many of them, we have impar women have a lot of biological imperative to find a stable guy and get involved in a relationship to feel comfortable because we've had billions of years of evolution where that was necessary to raise our young. And males have a biological imperative to maybe um, not be as monogamous because it's an old program. The great news is as we become conscious, we can become uh, the, the master of these urges, and one of them is becoming unconscious and getting tangled in other people's drama or getting tangled in our ancient drama that is being triggered by the situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So know that you have a choice, number one, and that we, that's what mastery really is, that's what ascension really is, is to, to become bigger than our, our um, instinctual self which a lot of people find that the instinctual self is um, located in the subconscious mind. And then the second thing is to know that there are three options. One is to get involved, one is to not get involved, and the other is to take the action of neither. And that's not the same thing as getting involved and right. not taking the non-action or t doing non-action in lieu of getting involved. It's the one that goes above it where you're not tangled. You're not, you're not splitting your decision in half. You are just rising above it. So it says think peace, yeah. rise above it, and all that. And I think these circumstances come up in our life so that we can learn how to do that, so that we can become bigger than ourselves and bigger than our triggers. I remember pulling off the highway one time on this uh, exit ramp that had the Jersey bumpers on either side, and it was one lane, and this little sports car, I was going like 45, and he comes around me and almost knocks me into that. I mean, it was really like a, an idiotic type of uh, idiot um, circumstance, and I had that thing, like, oh, I've got to save all these babies and, and elderly people and young kids learning to drive that this person's going to... And I, I thought it for a split second, and this other part said, eh, I don't have time. Ain't, got no, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I was exactly. like, I don't want that. And I well just healed. set it right back down yeah. and went back to what I was thinking. Yeah, well and healed. And I was like, did I just do that? This yeah. was like back in the, in the 90s when yeah. it was a lot yeah. harder for me to let things like that go then. Yeah, but that is the thing, to not have the trigger trigger anything just and then and nothing shoots. if it does trigger you you just go inward and say hmm why am I triggered with this yeah and I was perfectly blissful one second ago what in the world happened well there's always a trigger yeah. um, what happens when we have an emotional what you would call trauma what I would call just an event that yeah um, it's it gets stored on a circuit and then when we have these events that trigger it it goes and hits that trauma 
or that thing and it doubles back and that's that flash paper emotion that you feel. So after a while you recognize that if I'm feeling that flash paper emotion, then there is a blockage in my energetic flow, my emotional flow. Mm -hmm. I, I Thank you for showing me. I'm going to go back and look at that. That's so that's it, exactly. yet another way of seeing yeah. the circumstance. And I think uh, Raymond is still on. Do you, did you have a part two to this? Or uh, yes, I think you make a very good valid point. And one additional thing that occurred to me as well that uh, obviously you thought this makes some sense, which is um, when our consciousness gets large enough that we can see the ego as <laughs> a part of us, but still smaller than us or what we actually are, this becomes easier too. I think one of the ways that trigger works so quickly is because that's really coming straight from ego, which is our most primitive level of thinking, in my opinion. Would you say that's a good way to help to um, make the adjustment you're talking about? Well, we, um, we may or may not do a show next week on the subject of ego because that is in and of itself. The job of the ego is to separate us, but that's absolutely absurd, and that triggered a dream I had last night uh, because we're not we're all one thing, we're not separate. So the job of the ego is ironic because, and the, what the ego out of, out of any kind of conscious steering uh, has made us um, spend huge amounts of money on clothes and um, uh, plastic surgery and sports cars and homes in the Hollywood Hills and uh, all of this other nonsense that we become involved with. Um, the dream, by the way, was I, I had a vision and it was confined to Earth, and my dreams are not necessarily confined to Earth, but this was specifically Earth. And in this dream, absolutely everyone knew absolutely everything about everyone else. And there was a, a moment when the entire planet lit from this level of consciousness where there was no longer any separation between people or a requirement of it, and it changed the color uh, it ch of the earth, it changed the uh, fields that are around the earth, we're in the center of many, many energy fields. Uh, all of them just popped at that moment, and this, this entire, I watched the entire thing connect. It, it just sh went over the entire thing, but anyhow, I hadn't thought of that till just now. Mm. Uh, so Raymond, thank you for triggering the dream. And um, is there, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about ego and futures here. Uh, right now we're just well, in this process of getting just ice out of our systems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, is the universe does know how to balance things, and so, and, and much nicer than, than we do. No, no, only I can get the universe Which is one of the, the definitions to. of the balance card and the yeah. wisdom cards is, the universe knows how to do it. If you shake up a bottle of water, it's going to come to a balance point. So balance is always in its process of achieving um, mm -hmm. at any given time. So I think uh, one of the things that you were saying, Raymond, that which is a very powerful thing, is to know that it's not up to us to grab something and, and yank it in, into submission and uh, to see our different levels of consciousness and to be kind and loving to each one but not be run by ones that are less uh, multi-spectrumed uh, in their awareness. So yeah. thank you. Yes. That was very great. Thank you, Raymond. Yeah, uh, great yeah. to hear from that you. That was a wonderful call. Thanks for doing that. This is greatly appreciated. And um, yeah, so but uh, to tonight's topic, the idea of uh, well, getting us to the, the point. Too. 
uh, to get us to the point where uh, someone being unconscious, doing something, pardon the expression, idiotic, doing something stupid, doesn't light us up where we just completely forget everything else. You know, and, and it's not just people, things like uh, the computer won't or the, you know, this or that, and don't tell a computer not to because it'll hear you. And you Well, know, you know another thing that can make us... Recognizing love and everything, go ahead. ...make us more healthy mm -hmm. is a very fundamental thing, which I've said many times, but the word sin, you know how dirty and shameful that makes you feel, and we're taught that we're all born sinners and that we will pay for that and we have to make up for that. Well, if you look at the original translation from the Aramaic, the word sin really meant mistake. So the Christ consciousness or whatever, I'm not talking religion, but I am talking about the concept of self-forgiveness. So what we really are are mistake makers that are forgiven rather than sinners that are condemned to hell. That's a huge difference, okay? So we're mistake makers that are forgiven. So if we accept that within ourselves and forgive ourselves for making mistakes, because I do unconscious things. Sometimes I say something sure. and then I realize somebody got their feelings hurt and it's like, that wasn't my intention at all. What I did is started getting back into my center and saying, what were my motives there? If my motives are okay, um, then I learn from it and move on, you know? Um, so. If you accept mistake maker in yourself, from within yourself, you're going to accept it in other people. And so then it won't be so triggering when, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, just like your father cut you off when you would do such and such. Yeah. You know, I think it works on both ends. You can mm. he heal the original thing and you can also see it that people make mistakes. We're so unforgiving of each other's mistakes. It's like, oh my gosh, everybody's, uh, they're just so hurt all the time over every little thing that it's just, you know, too much. Yeah, in the um, Language Codes book, I, I asked people to really understand that book. That one, see? Okay, the Language Codes book. Um, to, uh, the word mistake. That's hidden language codes, by the way. The Language Codes is uh, another book. Well, if you, I was just clarifying for you. Go right ahead. Yeah. He's doing um, you a favor there. Thank you. Um, the word mistake is not a real word. It's not real. That's not real. We've been taught that it's real. We have a body of evidence supporting the idea that it's real, but it's simply not real. There is no mistake. You may have taken a circuitous route, but it is not possible to be lost. You, and the word lost, lo rather than lost, we've changed words now, uh, the word loss means gain. I've said it a thousand times on the show. I remember uh, if my foot fell off, it's not a loss. <laughs> I'd have the other one taken off so I can get a, a pair of uh, prosthetics and I'm going to go to Africa and I'm going to pace a jaguar. Okay, just to run up and just scratch his little ear at 70 miles an hour just because I could, but I could not do it on foot. I suppose I could take a unicycle and get really good at it. Or even Are you talking about one of the bouncy feet? Yeah. Yeah, you, you seem to be very intrigued by those. Well, come on, you can out distance, you, you, I think you turn in at 25 miles an hour at a, a nice clip, but you're not really Or we could just make the, you into the bionic man. Yeah, no, just, the, yeah. Okay, so let's, um, uh, yeah, so there are all these words we're taught to think in that aren't at all real words. 
uh, that we believe. And because we believe them, we keep creating with them. And because we create with them, we've, look at what the world looks like, okay? If the word war meant no, <laughs> the word war meant I'm not going, if the war meant straighten it out yourself, if you understood that war always happens because of anger and because of borders, and if we said, well, borders, gee, borders, well, we can't be all one if we have borders, eh? It's the Canadian philosophy about it. War, I found that all war is in the past. Yeah, that's a good it's one. It's never about the present. You couldn't have yeah. war if it was about right now. Yeah, there wouldn't be enough time. Yeah, because nobody would people. be upset, because yeah. you can only be upset about things that have already happened. Yeah, and it's a nationalism, and it's materialism, and it's anything with ism after it is what's wrong with the place here. In case you wanted a nice, you know, guide, what's wrong with the world? Anything that ends with an ism, really? Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So the idea of getting the human race to come to, if we all came to all at once overnight, there wouldn't be rush hour, war, starvation, any of this. All of it would just go. It would it'd just be gone. It, that's that dream I had. Uh, we just all woke up and none, none of this would be um, worthy of attention. That's another keen expression to put in your thinking. This is not worthy of my attention because it leads me to nonsensical fiction um, that, that pulls me out of my center, that keeps me from being peaceful within myself. Come on, that we can do this and, and there's a lot of uh, influence that's coming. You know, the star, uh, the star, our sun. Oh, by the way, does anybody know the second closest star to the planet Earth? It, it occurred to me, I don't know what constellation I'm in. And that's somehow annoying to me. And I know that a constellation is described by car, uh, that's funny too, stars that are close to each other. And I know Cirrus is our close neighbor. What is another close neighbor? Because I have a feeling we're in a tri, um, our, our constellation is triangular. I just have that feeling, but I don't know. So if anybody could email or let me know what is the second closest star and possibly third, fourth, and fifth closest star to our sun? I'd like to take a map and figure out what our constellation looks like just because no one ever told me that in school. Why don't they tell us what constellation we're in? Because they don't know that's why. Well, they're trying to figure it out astro, in traffic jams. If you know? you're an astrophysicist... All the white lights and the red lights. If you're an astrophysicist about to write a doctorate on the constellation the Earth is in, okay, give me just a small, so you don't even have to bother, but at least mention telepathic TV. Okay, this is our idea of having fun, and if you don't, you don't, that's okay too. But uh, nonetheless, you know, this is coming. What, what constellation is the sun in? Okay. All right, so we are doing a very well, good it could job. Be. A very interesting thing to create your own constellations. Just do a connect the dots. <laughs> I like that star, and I like that. No, that's map. Orion. They've already got that star. Damn. Okay, I like. Could we be in the one with the Arcturians, the the um, Arcturus star? Is that in our constellation? Seems pretty close, but I don't really know. Well, uh, it's just about time for the duck. Oh, and I forgot to tell Donnie we cannot use that music anymore. Okay. 
uh, quack quack. All right, here's the duck. Alrighty then. I got everything in your life is there to further the plot of your story. Gaze upon your world with profound gratitude and joy. And that gets back to truly, like you were saying, there aren't anything as mistakes, but uh, the thing I was referring to earlier, it does feel that way at times, so forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of growing to do. Loved ones in spirit are watching over you and send their love. Thanks, Dad. They are always close by. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. And sis. <laughs> ah, gravity. Gravity got the duck. I saw it happen. There we go. The duck needs, it was just grounding itself before it ascended. <laughs> <laughs> got to touch the earth once in a while. Yep. Thank you very much for a great job. <laughs> okay. And here we go. Oh, yes. And uh, this is the section where people call in with either questions or uh, for readings. So feel free. Well, now they can call in for questions during the yeah. whole show. Let's oh, just right, uh, right. let that be known too. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is usually the reading part, reading but part. questions, you're welcome to call in all show. And if you have a question now, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but that's typically how it works. Mm -hmm. Because if you say that, then people think they have to wait to this time to call in for a question. I see that. Mm -hmm. No, no calls. Well, let's just keep on that's going. Let's does. just keep yeah. on trying. All right. You know what? Something... And yes. Did you want to do mm. that, and then I'll no, no, go have something to say um, about um, something I figured out today that I'm going to do some more meditating on and exploring. But I saw it so clearly. I saw someone near my house just like getting into a rage over nothing, and so I get in the car and I drive just a few blocks from the house. And I'm sitting at the traffic light. And there was a guy in the car going, shut the F up, shut, like just really screaming. It was kind of alarming. He, he was getting so aggressive. And then I got a little further down, I'm talking only a block, and there's this man with his kids going, come on, come on, you know, like being really short. Mm -hmm. And it felt like aggression was this thing that was like skimmed across the surface of the planet and landed on a few people's heads and they acted out on it. So in this idea of unconscious thought, we do get pulled into uh, thought forms and these, these uh, skimming stones. So the more conscious you become, the more you know it's not you and it's not your thought in the moment. Yeah. Do we have a call? And to get you to do that. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Christy. Christy. Hi. Hi, um, thank you so much for the show. It's been really great, and uh, it, it, you. it was very helpful. I was wondering if I could please have a reading from Mary. Sure, I'd be most happy to. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, let's see what we got here. All right, the first card is Go Deeper. Now, this card can mean a lot of things. If you go by the text I wrote that went with it, it said that Sometimes uh, these fears keep us from really getting to the treasure. But if you become bigger than your fear and say, fear, my old friend, and become bigger than it, they turn into just little fish just swimming by like guppies, and you can see the treasure that goes beneath it. This is calling upon you to perhaps look at a situation 
um, maybe look in your life where is it that you're feeling the most fear and become bigger than it and watch it just swim away and you see the prize because fear is usually swarming around the prize somewhere so um, it's time to really look at that the second card is personal best the, the greatest thing, the most liberating thing we can do for ourselves is to stop engaging in measuring ourselves by yardsticks that are externalized, either in another person or in this perceived objective reality that we put in a yardstick that we're always comparing ourselves to. When we realize that everything is subjective, there is no objective reality, we can throw that away and find that yardstick which is ourselves and only measure us with that. It's like a freedom point and I feel like you're really reaching that pinnacle where you are free from that. And then the byproduct of that is trust and trust always comes with an open heart and trust is always about trusting people to be who they really are and figuring out who that is rather than just trusting someone's words. So I, I feel like you are on a path of trust and uh, you're encountering your fears so that you can master them so that they turn into nothing. So thank you. Yeah, you know one time I almost reached, a, uh, I reached a pinnacle but turned out to be a punnacle. Yes, and then you, you ended that, up right? in a penitentiary. No, that was much later. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, my name is Dino. Dino, what can we do for you? Hi, I'd like to get a reading, and I'd like to thank you both and uh, send blessings over the phone to you. Oh, well, thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you, Dino. That's yeah, so sweet. It thank, is. You. thank you. Appreciated. You we too. Received. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first card is the family card. Family is the, the people that we contracted to come, you know, like I talk about the Mayan being more like a subway stop, and you can mm -hmm. tell a lot about who, what you came here to do by the subway stop you get off on, because it's going to give you an idea of the neighborhood you're in. Uh, the family does that, too, and I feel like there is a great connection there, and that there are those times, too, that we go off in the distance and, and fly kites, and, uh, you know, we're, we're separate, but we come back together. and. I just feel like this is a time of a lot of healing inside and, and uh, perhaps even going traveling to visit your family or, or something like that. But this is also talking about becoming a family within yourself too and know that family constantly changes. It's not like this photograph that stays the same all the time, but we often don't let, our, let each other grow. And I feel like you've been on a spiritual journey, this meditation. I, I love labyrinths. They are very, uh, there's something that you can just trace with your finger. And it's like taking 25 square feet and being able to walk a mile in it just by making a, a complex enough labyrinth. So it can talk about looking at your life differently, taking steps differently to bring a lot more in where it looks like it's limited. I feel like there, there is a lot of unlimited, uh, unlimitless or limitless, limitless stuff. Yeah. coming into your life. So thank you. So, and we have our next, yes? No, okay. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays shortly, which is in um, Fairfax Circle, if you'd like to join us live. And, well, we'll be live and we'll assume you're we'll live. We'll be all live. And anyway. um, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to come and chat or whatever that might be and uh, see what uh, else might go on with, this has been a tradition that's going on 15 years something like that, that we, after the show, we all go out. And uh, a lot of members of the crew will be there if this is interesting. And uh, what do we have coming up? We're going to re-announce the Arcturian uh, meditation uh, before too long. I've been uh, 
uh, working with people as a, a mentor to teach both palm reading and face reading to people, and that seems to be cycling. So if anyone's interested in that, they may contact us. And um, we're doing so many things. What else? Oh, the bowl event is... Oh, yeah, the bowl event is Saturday. There is a few more slots left if anybody's interested. We and, usually uh, do that. Yeah. And we have our next caller. Okay. So, hi, caller. What's your name? Or you could give us a number or make a sound or a symbol if you want to trace it in the air. Hmm. Hi, what's your name, please? Hi, my name is Roy. Roy, what can we do for you? Hi, uh, my wife and I love your show. I'd oh, like to get you. a reading from Mary, if I could. Oh, be most happy to, Roy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the first card is, oh, the traveling. Yeah. What I saw when, when I looked at that card for you is, is the stickers on there. When I drew that, I, I, for some reason I had drawn it with more stickers and I just colored over it because I, I just felt like it was something powerful. And there are those things that we do that are, um, like I remember hearing when I was young, if it's worth cooking, it's worth cooking slow. You know, and, and I feel like this is telling you that even if it doesn't look like you've gotten to where all these things that you had assigned yourself in this life, what you have done is gone deeper with things. And look at that as a distance as well, covered. Mm -hmm. And that there's a lot of depth. And I, I don't know if you've ever thought to do any kind of writing that um, is research-oriented or something like on a subject, but I, I feel like there is a lot of depth there with you. It's interesting, we got the family card again. I don't even know if I've ever pulled that card on the show before. I don't recall, but um, it's talking um, for, for this, I, I feel like um, going out and um, you know just connecting with people, having fun, getting outside, those picnic type things. And we can see so much of who we are and sometimes it comes in the form of who we are not. So we'll have things in our life that may not resonate with us because it's teaching us who we are not so that we can get closer to who we are. This person looks in the mirror and there's an angel in there. And if you look in the mirror, you will see an angel, which is you. And sometimes we get lost in those identities. Mm -hmm. And I, I somehow I'm also feeling that, yes, that's about your personal life and your spiritual life, but there's something about work that may be time to really assess what you're doing and all that because it feels like you are like the soft shell crab that has outgrown the crab, the shell, and it's um, something bigger coming. Mm -hmm. um, two minutes. Yes, excellent. And uh, by the way, in case you're unaware, Mary is the author of the uh, deck she's using, which is very. Well, I have four decks that are published mm -hmm. that um, you can use them all online for free. Just go to telepathictv.com and go under the free insight readings. You can mm -hmm. play with all of them, even my magical message cards, which has 97 cards in the deck, and my chakra that affirmation was the one cards, that was in the deck, spirit animal. By the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I've excellent. got a number of other ones that, um, when the funding comes, will also be published mm -hmm. uh, that are pretty interesting ones. Oh, about God. About the therapeutic deck. Yeah, There's yeah, you yeah, do some incredible deck work there. Deck, deck the halls with. Yeah. So anyway, if you're interested in that, please check out our website. There's meditations there. I have a podcast called Meditation Break where you can download gui guided meditations. Mm -hmm. And then all of our telepathic TVs are yeah. on podcasting as I well. I just downloaded the one you did of the crystal balls. The chiming all of them at the same time? Oh, it's absolutely. Uh, I was instantly Listen to that with at headphones, the, though. 
I was instantly at the um, center of the universe, watching the the energy come out. That's just it will an do, astounding it, it, um, thing. It's like a massage for your consciousness and your brain, and. That, that, I've been um, using Q-tips. You've heard of binaural beats where you have yeah. the frequencies that are slightly off. We're talking about all the chakra frequencies all playing at the same time. Yeah. And there's a sleep one that will help you to sleep. And I just posted one on healing oh. that is designed to create miraculous healing so you ah. can wake up not sick anymore. It works for me. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you're going through the door. Quit pretending and you're not. And check out Neville's language codes door. books, too. They yeah. really are groundbreaking. He is the or original language person. Yeah, it's a very important thing to understand the power of speech. Thank you. 